I had a hobby too. Mine happened to be guns and ballistics. I studied guns and ballistics as much as I could and I wrote an article about high velocity. So out of all my years working at Weatherby, the last five have been some of the most exciting. Working with Adam, with him running the company. And to think that I get the opportunity of carrying on my grandfather's legacy 75 years later here in Sheridan, Wyoming. I mean, it really is a dream come true. On Our Mark, the Weatherby Podcast. Uh, welcome to On Our Mark, the Weatherby Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Luke Torkelson, and I've got three super special guests in three days before Christmas today. Uh, Dana Weatherby, welcome to the studio for the first time. Thank you for having me, Luke. <laughs> and then you're joined by your parents. Would you like to introduce them? Yeah, so my mom, Brenda Weatherby, and my dad, Adam Weatherby. Oh, thanks for having me, Dana. You're welcome. <laughs> you guys Good just, thing I let you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just had a pretty cool um, backcountry hunting experience that is pretty rare that uh, has been a long time in the making. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Adam because you could probably do the intro to this better, but um, let's just start off with saying Dana drew a very hard tag to draw and drew the largest North American game animal in the American bison. That's right. I actually got a call from Dana, and she's at college, and she's like, Dad, I drew like a bison tag? What's with that? (laughs) So I was in a biology class, and I got this um, call, and so I let it go to voicemail, and it said, Hello, um, I'm from Utah, I don't know why their office was in Utah, but I'm from Utah. This is Dave, and you drew a bison tag, so congrats. And I'm going, did I put in for a tag? (laughs) What tags did my dad put me in for? And he was pretty stoked, and I was pretty stoked. Yeah, so, you know, I put our whole family in here in Wyoming for, you know, the big, kind of big, hard-to-draw animals every year, and didn't really expect a -a once-in-a-lifetime bison, which uh, it was an any any bison tag which uh, which is literally a once in a lifetime tag she can never draw they, that again that's they correct. take your t- name out you're not allowed to draw it again yep yeah, yeah. no pressure no pressure From what i understand whether you tag or don't tag it's a once in a lifetime oh even if you don't fill the tag yeah so you For don't sure. want to eat tag soup not on that one no and then that, and it's a big soup yeah <laughs> it's a really big soup so i we got the call and so we got Really excited. Um, it was probably back, when was it then? In the spring semester? It was like March or April. Yeah, yeah. So we got the call back in the spring. And then uh, the work began because it's a really confusing, convoluted thing to get to uh, to get to hunt bison. Um, it's near the Grand Teton National Park. Um, you're dealing with mm-hmm. um, the elk refuge out there area, uh, national forest area. Uh, winter road closures and different things. Uh, and then, of course, the National Park, which you can't hunt on, but you're traveling through in certain areas you can retrieve bison from and certain ones you can't. And so it was a long process from there to kind of go, uh, let's do this. But we'd kind of said, let's do it at the end, at the late season. We know sometimes they kind of migrate down towards the elk refuge during the late season. Uh, that would be after Brenda and I had a lot of fall hunts, and it'd also be right after Dana finished finals, and we knew that she'd have the time to put in for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I finished my finals Thursday and then left for Jackson right after. So. Like on Thursday. Or Wednesday. Or, well, yeah. yeah. Yep, yeah. Same day, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's pretty special to get to draw this tag and then let alone get to go and do it. And Adam, you had to do a ton of research on, like you're saying, which agency, which property, which land you're in on and following all the rules. And you were explaining to me before you left, like, hey, this one area has a closure on the 15th to track vehicles, but not wheeled vehicles or vice versa. And then the other one's actually the 10th. And then like they didn't line up. So you're trying to figure out if you can do snowmobiles or an ATV or yeah. if you're going to have to hike in really far. And then yeah. if you're lucky, hike out equally as far with a whole lot of weight. Yeah, the pack out is obviously <laughs> a big concern when planning a bison hunt. Um, obviously, you can you can sled out. Uh, there's an outfit there also called Tag and Drag uh, that can, uh, you know, drag the animals out with horse, with horses. And so um, I did <clears throat> call out there um, both the, the local Jackson Game and 
fish folks, uh, the elk refuge folks, everybody was super helpful ahead of time. They want you to be successful. And if you don't get a hold of those people ahead of time and you just show up not knowing what you're going to do, you're either not going to shoot a bison or get some sort of violation <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's really hard to line those things up. So we got a lot of great contacts ahead of time of people that were very, very helpful. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's let's uh, let's start to run run through the hunt, and there will probably some more details that we talk about as we get into the details of the hunt. But um, Dana, you came from Bozeman; you're mm-hmm. going to college there, and so you came straight down. Mm-hmm. And then Adam, Brenda, and Mac, you guys came from here. Weather was glorious, horrible. <laughs> it was horrible when we left here, but actually, we went over the mountains, and it was a beautiful drive, and we saw a couple. Of big um, rams on the side of the road and got into uh, a cabin and got all settled. And then Dana and her boyfriend, Toma, showed up and we were ready to rock and roll. What were you, what were you thinking, Dana, coming into the hunt? Like what was, well, you mean, well, you've been hunting. The, the temps what? going into this were like not positive. They right? were negative like, temps. Like negative temps the whole time. They were negative temperatures, yep. What was I expecting coming into the hunt? Yeah. Um... I was thinking it was going to take longer than it did to shoot one. Yeah. I didn't think I would get a bison on the second day. You spoiler alert. Wow, spoiler oh. alert. Oh, sorry. Stay tuned. No, <laughs> it's good. Now we know what's coming. That's great. So. Yeah. But it was more hiking than I was expecting. In the snow. In the snow. Yes, more cold hiking than I was expecting, but was quicker than I ex- had expected. So... so I, I, I remember talking to Mac, Mac's our camera guy, that um, we were out in Colorado the week before you guys left, and I was thinking, I was looking at the weather, I'm like, I don't even know if, number one, they might not even be able to get there, because winter in Wyoming, the roads are kind of touch and go, and it was, it got really windy the day that you left, and I think you got out of town just in time, um, and that's usually what really wrecks the roads, is the wind, and then I was looking at the temps, I'm like, even if they can go, they may not even want to. It looks like it's going to be nasty over there. I told Adam, because if we're up for an adventure, Adam usually is like, "Let's, we're going to go do this no matter what. And I said, Adam, like, we need to make sure no one dies. <laughs> like a frostbite or like, like, and I was, we oh. were serious that we had to be a little more mindful because of the weather, um, knowing where we were going to go. At one point, we thought, well, maybe we'll do um, snowmobiles. And I'm like, okay, is everyone comfortable in the snowmobile? What if we hit, you know, not great situations? You know, so we were really um, thinking through that and knowing that we had to kind of plan our best, um, you know, not be as risky as maybe we normally are. Yeah, and uh, the day before you left, Adam, you were scrambling a little bit. You're like, I guess I got to get snowshoes for everybody. <laughs> yeah yeah it was the truck was full of, oh of all sorts it was like Before. snowshoes and calling places to rent snowmobiles last minute in case we wanted to access some national forest where that was allowed on so there was all sorts of backup plans to backup plans and you know one of the big things like i said is the getting the animal down and then getting the animal out right and the, the worry about packing it out so yeah last minute we went and got some black jet sleds um that you know you could tie some rope to yep just a big plastic sled that we could get, um, brought a Yeti 210 cooler, uh, 210 the liters. The big boy. So to get that, <laughs> and this all somehow fit in the back of a half-ton truck and inside the cab to get it out there. So there was a lot of, yeah, a lot of work and prep going into it. Uh, Not much prep on my part. Well, you did great on your final, sweetie. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we had to pack for four people, let alone, I mean, Adam has a hard time packing for himself, and well, then we Brenda, had to pack We don't talk about that on four. podcasts, though. Well, we usually try we to do. we usually try to make fun of you a little. Uh, that does happen, it seems. Um, I'm moving along, Luke. Well, yeah, let's move along. Let's talk a little bit about the the gun that you used, Dana, because you you had to get that ready well in advance, right? You, you did you shoot that at Thanksgiving? Yeah, I shot it over Thanksgiving at the range out so on the property. That was a this this is a pretty cool one, a mm-hmm. left handed six lug. 338 RPM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am a lefty, but had only shot um, right hand, right-handed guns with the bolt on the right side in the past. So it actually was definitely quite an adjustment of having the bolt on the other side. But did it feel really? foreign to like go back to a gun that was actually like the right way for you uh, <laughs> after being 
Left-handed people kind of Well, get what's funny is posed. she's not left-handed, but she's oh, left yeah. eye so dominant. That would be so weird. I can't mm-hmm. use my... Yeah, I've got my, no left-hand coordination at all. My left hand isn't very coordinated. My right hand is much more coordinated, oh, yeah. but I'm more accurate with my left, so sure. I shoot on my left hand. So, yeah, the bolt was a little bit weird, but um, but was happy to use and, it. And yeah, so. um, it was the first time you shot suppressed. What did you think about that? I love suppressors. <laughs> They're really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm small, so... A kick to a 338 RPM probably wasn't going to be my best friend. So the suppressor helped a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. So Adam and Brenda, you guys brought the gun. You guys meet up with Dana. And you came with your friend Toma, mm-hmm. who you met at school. Mm-hmm. And he came down. More on that probably later. And then um, you guys met at an um, Airbnb or whatever. Yeah, I'm running the cabin out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But you didn't get in enough time to do any... No like visual scouting got the night dark. before. So yep. let's mainly because we were packing and going around just buying more stuff to take. Yeah, with us, like so. extra gloves and. <laughs> yes. Well, Brenda cleaned out Walmart at hand warmers. I think for sure, for sure. Um, and we also, it would have been nice if we would have gotten there before Game and Fish closed that Thursday, because then we would have been able to go get a walk-in permit. So we actually knew the first stop we had up Friday morning was to go to Game and Fish and get a walk-in permit to the Elk Refuge. Yep. Dad mm-hmm. insisted on getting there 30 minutes early, and we ended up sitting in the parking lot, and nobody was in line. It was like 12 below, <laughs> and we sat there from about 7.25 to 8 because I wanted to be the first so one this there. This is day one. You start off just sitting in the parking lot waiting to 30, get access. 35 minutes. We all had to go to the bathroom. We are just waiting in the Game and Fish the parking lot. The employees weren't even there. <laughs> Well, it wasn't time to, they weren't getting paid yet. Yeah. (laughs) We were first in line. Yeah. (laughs) So the first step is to get a a permit to go out on the elk refuge. If you, yeah, you can hunt the national forest or the elk refuge, but it's not till late in the season that they came down and they'd just been spotted on there and there was a herd that went on there. And so they'll issue the walk-in permits uh, once a herd is somewhere on that elk refuge. And so they just showed up the day before as we were driving there. And the last few years, they hadn't shown up till mid-January, but due to the cold and the snow ahead of time, they migrate. They started to migrate down just a little bit earlier. We've had an exceptional start to winter, no question. Exceptional. Yeah. So Exceptionally cold start to winter. Cold and, and white. Yes. It's, it's yeah. been, yeah, mm-hmm. it's real. So, um, so you get the permit, mm-hmm. and you head out and just start mm-hmm. walking around? What, how did it yeah, look? Yeah, we, we, we drove onto the Elk Refuge, saw some bighorn sheep, and then as we were driving, by the way, that morning— it was 12 below, and then uh, what happened in the truck? Uh, the heater stopped working, and Mac, the photo guy, all of a sudden said, why can I see my breath in the heated truck? And oh, um, no. <laughs> Yeah, so we ended up getting it working, but we thought, oh, this is going to be a long trip if the heater doesn't work the whole time. Yeah. So. But anyways, we got the heater working. Oh, that's good. And then we... we That'd uh, be brutal. Yeah, kind of yeah. to jump along in the hunt. We went out that morning and, and hiked around a lot and looked. They'd been shot at, and so they, they were running away. And so we spent a couple hours learning how to walk in deep snow. And uh, Are you wearing the snowshoes, or are you just post-holing? So that's didn't. a funny story. What's that story, Dan? <laughs> so... Um, he wanted to use the snowshoes, and the rest of us insisted every time, <coughs> no, we don't need the snowshoes. It's not deep enough. They don't do anything. They're not effective, blah, blah, blah. So it had been three or four different times where he begged to use the snowshoes. Nobody else wanted to. <laughs> Halfway through the hike, he goes, oh, I can't believe you guys talked me out of the snowshoes. And then never wore them the next time either. So we actually never used the snow shoes never used the, the whole snow trip. Shoes. Mac put them on once when when we were packing out the bison. It was a, it was almost up you know it was up to his you know upper thigh, and and warm a little bit. But and he said they didn't work the, well. Didn't well, great. they did. It just depends on the snow level. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was constantly like really powdery. But it snow. was ranging in depths all over the place. Yeah. And he kept hitting sagebrush and so then the sagebrush would get stuck in the snowshoes and so Oh it, yeah, that's It ended up being yeah. hard either way. Yeah. Right. Mhm. Gotcha. So we we spent that morning walking around and then we'd uh we'd heard that that they that they they'd started heading north. And so we ended up back in our truck kind of mid-morning. And headed around driving from some roads, just glassing some real far away places to to try to um, to try to spot them. And we ended up uh, 
spotting a, a small herd of about 20 um, uh, back on the refuge from off the refuge from a pretty, well, from miles away. They're easy to spot in the white snow, a, a herd of buffalo. I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So we, we spotted them and uh, we said, well, we knew the area and, um, and the, the parking lot, there's rules where you can park, where you can drive, where you can retrieve out. It's, I could do a two-hour podcast on all the rules, <laughs> being able to do it, because um, they want to keep it sporting and ethical and, and uh, safe and a number of different things. And, and I actually think it works out really well. Sure. And so we, uh, we spotted them and said, okay, it was about one. And we said, we're going to hike in there. It's probably going to be two to three miles in, in really deep snow with multiple river crossings to get to where they're at. Um, and it, it, but we said, let's, uh, let's go give it a go. So we went off on our first adventure that afternoon. Um, on a true spot and stock after these guys. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many, like, so you just have all the clothes on, like, or did, yeah, well. I had three pairs of long johns on. Yeah. Also <laughs> or three all, pairs of pants, two pairs of long johns. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. So yeah. once you get moving, you get yeah. So, so then you shed all your layers and you're And then you stop and, and then you're freezing again. Yeah. yeah. As long as you keep moving, you actually could stay pretty warm. Uh-huh. And we had four creek crossings and we were trying to, we had gaiters on, but trying real hard not to get our toes wet because oh, wet be- toes in negative 12 isn't great. You definitely so. don't want to get in over your boots in Brenda that. Brenda and I wore those real tall schnee boots. They uh, were unbelievable. Those are sweet. They yeah. were with gaiters and rain pants and everything. It was like... We what? almost lost Mac on the first river crossing. What did he, he lost him? What? Remember he did, he, did he go down? He well, yeah. face planted he, into it. Yeah. Oh, no. We had to pull him out. Oh, well, that wasn't... Yeah, that was one of the... Uh, yes. That mm-hmm. was on that first day. Yeah. Oh, he was... He was going down, and we I didn't know that part. And Max, so. yeah. Max, I mean, he's a big guy, strong yeah. guy. He's he buff, not. But yeah. I think what happened he's is heavy he, to pull out of a river. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't tell where the land started and the river started, and so I think he just perfectly hit the edge, and then that broke the ice. Oh no! And he was like, "Oh no!" And so we were grabbing for him, and I thought, "Oh gosh, it's gonna be a long, long trip. I really don't want to lose Dana in there." <laughs> <laughs> but we could lose Mac. <laughs> well, if you had to pick one, <laughs> we love Mac. You Mac's, didn't give birth to Mac. No, I that's didn't, true. I didn't give birth to anybody. <laughs> so moving along. Yeah. So there's lots of river crossings. There's, we're spotting yeah. to stalking this first herd. Uh huh. And we had heard a gunshot right when we were headed there. Okay. And thought, huh? Maybe they're going to be gone. We'll just keep hiking though. And it, it was, I mean, it, very strenuous on the legs. Um, we had a lot of cramping issues. I mean, like, in fact, later when we were on the bison, I cramped up and was rolling on the snow. My hamstrings cramped. Max did. Brenda's got some stuff she's still recovering from and her legs. And so it was. The young Dana's are, the young fine. are fine. Dana's a college athlete. She's doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. To, well, your legs are shorter. Dana's only like 5'2", five 5'3". Five yeah. Well, you five could argue two. she had to fight the snow more then. That's true. Just I am saying. sore. My calves were sore for three or four days. Afterwards. It is hard post holing that yeah. far. Like that's that's mm-hmm. not fun. But Dana and Tom are both on the college triathlon team, and so they were good at endurance, and they didn't hold us up. Let's just say, right? Nope. Yeah. So walk us through. You you did hear a shot, and then how far are you from the herd that you're trying to get on? Well, at we heard point? the shot. It was right out of the truck, so it was two three miles away. Okay. And then it was about two and a half miles when we finally spotted the herd in a different spot than we'd seen them a few hours earlier. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then it was go time. We were 800 yards, and uh, we moved in on them and uh, significantly closed that gap to within a few hundred yards. They're a lot different than other uh, animals you've hunted with uh, as far as them getting spooked. They're a little more like cows. They look at you. They're munching on their grass. Like, Meh. Nah, whatever. <laughs> I'm a lot bigger than you is probably what they're thinking. They're pretty I'm much fine. bigger than everything yeah, that they've ever true. seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when you get close to them, all they do is bunch up. So they are very tight. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wad. So they don't they don't run. They stay put. But they all um, just get really really close to each other. That's kind of their yeah. Buffalo and muskox both. They don't they don't really run when they sense danger. They do. They just clump up and. So we were good on the wind, um, and they are nearsighted, so they don't, you know, they they don't see you that well. So we sat there in the snow. It was hard because you kind of sink in the snow. So finding a shooting position was a little tough. Um, just kind of getting down there and putting the shooting sticks on. But we got down there, 
and it was a long time before the one big brown blob of 20 bison became one shootable bison oh, waiting for one safe. to peel off yeah mm-hmm. like on off you probably know. 45 minutes yeah Almost. oh my goodness that long in below zero sitting in the snow you know yeah, she's taking brutal. her gloves off to kind of be ready it's like okay okay i think that's and then well no 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 wait cow's going across you know so on off gloves on off you know i'm dying you know Dad's rolling with cramps on the side. I mean, it was yeah, quite it funny. Was Forty-five <laughs> seconds. Yeah, and the the hard thing is too, we're not expert bison hunters. When it's a once in a lifetime tag, and it's our first time hunting it, mm-hmm. really right. trying to pick out a mature one. And we did have an any tag, which is good. I think when you draw the type four, which is uh, a cow calf situation, golly, it's hard. I mean, because those yeah, you know, cows have yeah. horns too, and everything. A mature it's just, cow yeah. looks mm-hmm. like a young bull. Yeah, so kind of like mountain times. goats, right? It's like yeah. uh, we looked of- at all the papers ahead of time, watched all the videos, and you know, we thought you know, but when you're out there and there's snow and they're moving around, it's it's a little dicey. So making sure we shot the right one too, um, we were looking for the most mature bull we could find. And, and right. doing that was, uh, it was tough too. So it took some time. What's going through your mind through all this when you're just kind of sitting there waiting, Dana? Um, I was, it was almost like I got a brain freeze, you know, like, like you drank a slushy too fast. When you drink a slushy, <laughs> but the slushy is around your whole body kind of. Um, I remember just being really cold and I got really shaky and shivery because I was so cold. And then it, the on and off, okay. You can shoot him and then... Wait, wait, wait. No, don't. Yeah, wait, wait, don't. There's a calf in front of it now. Wait. And so then put back on your gloves. Oh, no, no, no. Shoot it now. And so it'd maybe be like half a second windows where the bison was open. It was also in really tall sage over the snow. Right. So the visibility was really poor on the bison. It was tough. It It was a tough, tough scenario. A lot of times you see only the top half of the bodies and stuff like that. So... Yeah, so we um, we and I think just a lot of pressure, right? Because you you knew yeah. that it was a like a really important tag. I don't think I've ever been filmed and, when I've oh, yeah. been shooting either. That so too. We had so. two cameras out, and you yeah. know, so yeah. we're gonna make a film out of this, and it's film worthy. Yeah, so um, I think she just had a lot of pressure, which is very understandable. Right. So long story short, we finally found one. Dana shoots, and it was a swing and a miss. Swing ball, and a miss, which yep. we've all done. Yes, yep, which yep. we've all done. And, uh, so, uh, after that, you're probably feeling pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) We went chasing after them because once they had heard the shot, they did start. Then they were like, Hey, let's get out of here. We wanted to confirm it was a miss and all those things and no blood and you know, all that. So yeah, once that was confirmed, we, um, chased them down to no avail. Usually chasing game often doesn't always work. So it didn't. So it was, uh, sun was going down pretty much right then. The sky was like pink mm-hmm. and beautiful, beautiful sunset. But we went, okay, we, you know, don't know if we're going to get another opportunity. <laughs> it was one of those long, long walks back to the truck with the headlamp. It was dark by when we started walking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was a long, dark, wet, cold, cramping night. <laughs> Sounds fun. There was a few moments where I'm like, I hope we all get back tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Colds and cramps. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The two C's. Well, and it's mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. mid-December, so the sun's setting at like 4.30. Yeah. You know, correct. it's like mm-hmm. it's early days. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But it was beautiful. And, uh, you know, one thing is about Dana, she's just, she's a competitor. She works hard. She gets good grades. So she knows... You know, sometimes you do great on tests, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you win a race, sometimes you lose it. And so within a half hour, she had like turned it around and she was like, shrugged it off. All right, let's go. And the walk. What back, are we doing was, tomorrow? You she know, she was positive and yeah, and uh, yeah. that's like I'm not good at that. And so I knew that that takes a lot of self discipline. No yep. doubt. Mac calls it the Patty. Is it Patty? Patty, patty positivity. Patty, Deborah patty. Downsington. Yeah, we have all the I have all yeah. the things. Yeah. So yeah. I needed to turn Patty positivity on. Yeah, it sounds like you did. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So get back to the cabin late or not, mm-hmm. not late, yeah. but in the dark. Um, yeah. It's probably what oh, yeah. six or seven or something at that point. Mm, Maybe eight. Probably eight. Yeah. Eight, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Brenda had some like had crackers some and cheese yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. We had some yum yum. We got filled yeah. up and Brenda, we... you always have like the best camp food ever. Mm-hmm. I kind of went easy on this one. Actually. What? <laughs> I we think got that pre-frozen dinners. <laughs> 
Well, well just well, a few. One still, night we had some delicious. like mule deer and uh, uh, yeah. fresh veggies and a pretty good dinner. Well, well she, she didn't deserve, you know, the steak and stuff that night. So oh, we Brenda. got, no, just joking. <laughs> well, it's a celebratory meal. Right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. We, weren't we had yet. chicken pot pies. Yeah, they night. were amazing. Pre-made, so though. 900 like, calories, right? That's that's, <laughs> that's all you really needed. That's skimping is Brenda mm-hmm. pre-made something yes. and then it right. brought it. And yes. I think it's still pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So we got full and then it was like, okay, what are we doing in the morning? You know, and that was the big question. So we kind of had just put the past day behind us and it was like, okay, what's the plan? Um, kind of have to do that when you hunt and there's some disappointment. So it was, um, but we are all. Like you're, ready for the next day. Your, your overall goal, your hope is to catch them on the elk refuge, right? Because otherwise you're in the national forest and you're, it's treed mostly, right? And so you're just going right. to be like and hoping to bump into them. This latest we went, them. there were a lot of winter road closures. So the, the pack out was going to be tougher and you're really trying to find a lone bull that's peeled off into the national forest. So you're usually not finding a herd right. typically. Um, you're, you're finding a lone bull off in there. Um, there was an area we'd considered that was going to be open to snowmobiles, and so that was going to be better. There were some other kind of roads that you could combine a snowmobile and some hiking. Um, but if you could find them on the refuge, they do have these retrieval roads, and so even if you had to hike in far, um, you can retrieve them that they'll let you. You can't go hunt on them, but you can go to retrieve them and lessen your distance of a pack out. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, so that that's kind of the goal. So that next day we got up, though, and um, – of course, all up kind of north there along the Grand Teton National Park up north, that's kind of where the bison are. So you're seeing them from the highway in the National Park miles north of, you know, in, right. in areas where you can't hunt, can't hunt in the National Park. Obviously. So we had seen a herd of about 20, which we were guessing was about the herd we had shot at and seen the day before um, on the National Park. That Probably morning. a few miles from where we could hunt them. Right. Like, there they are. (laughs) So we got a little, you know, a little discouraged and went around, and Max spotted a really cool bison that turned into a moose about a mile away up on some state land. It it happens. (laughs) Understandable. Yeah. Oh, we just thought that was. It was a great bison until it was a moose with the spotting scope. It was was really far. And so. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, we were (laughs) driving around, and we were quite exhausted from the day before, and so we didn't want to go just hike in that deep snow unless we had some confidence that we were going after something mm-hmm. at that point. So we spent most of the morning doing just a lot of discovery and long-distance spotting and making phone calls and trying to figure some things out. And so about that point, I was starting to go, yeah, we may have missed our opportunity yesterday, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. we drove up towards some state land, just a small chunk, mm-hmm. and thought, oh, this would be so great. Um, but then on the way back you know, from the state land, we saw the the big group and thought, oh man, what are we going to do now? When it was probably like 930 or so. Right. And I think in the, in the Teton herd, I think there's around five to 600 um, bison. So eventually they're going to migrate down, you know, more, more South and, and uh, they're going to come into view. But again, you got to access them and it's got to be when we're out there and it's got to work with our timing and our schedule and Dana's school and our travel and work and different things. So we were all in for when we were there for, you know, pretty much said we'll, we'll go out there for a week and see if we can turn something up so we'd already gone like ah, oh, do we you know it's a six hour drive from sheridan out there which i know is not as bad as out-of-staters or other people but it's like okay we'd love to try to find something during our time out there for sure well and it's it is such a unique situation that those bison live on the national park the majority of the year yes. the, the nicer months yeah. and then correct you're just the late season hunt that this was you're just waiting for them to yeah, come down because yeah, they basically up. get snowed out of the mm-hmm. national park and yeah. come to some winter range and yeah, exactly. That timing doesn't always line up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. so moving ahead in the story, we hear that uh, there's possibly a lone bull that had peeled off, most likely from the herd that we'd shot out the night before, up on a part of the elk refuge that was right in the same area where we'd gone the night before, which we'd seen no people because. Naturally, nobody'd want to hike kind of where we did, including yeah. us. <laughs> so we decided to go and do the journey again over the river and through the trees to grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. So we at least had packed down our trail somewhat. Yeah. So you we had thought, a trail to follow. Yeah, it's got to be a little right? bit easier than it was yesterday. And, and there'd be yeah a lot of elk hoof prints in there, and you could see your, our trekking pole trails. And so you just try to find it, literally. We'd started to make our own trail that that was helpful nice. for us. Oh, and we through. saw a moose in the river. 
Oh, that's about cool. Thirty yards away. Did you see many elk in the refuge, or just tracks? Uh, uh, so all of many. them. Uncountable. All the elk in the world is unbelievable. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, Never so, many, so elk. many elk. Yeah, wild sheep, moose, bald eagles, golden eagles. It was amazing. The that's wildlife. very cool. It was it was unbelievable. The it backdrop. Was, it was magical. It I was. mean, it was just unbelievably just beautiful and. Every sunrise, the pink would just come right over the Tetons. It was it was gorgeous. It was like, how are we here doing this? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was. Yeah, it was like this, this is why we came to Wyoming. Yeah, really this special. Is cool. mm-hmm. Yeah, and Dana's lucky. So you're following your trail back to where you were the night before, looking for this lone bull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happens, Day? Yep. Um. So we're tracking. We're trying to get to that place that we had been the night before. Um. You good? Yeah, sorry, oh. I coughed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so we were trying to get to that spot we had been at the night before. Um, and again, the hike was pretty brutal because of the snow. So we were trying to make as um, kind of good time um, and kind of pushing it a little bit more than we had the day before, just in case he had ran off or decided to follow his buddies down to the national park or another hunter maybe got there first or something like that. So... Um, we were trying to go quickly, so we spotted him, and he was about 200? Yeah. Oh, wow. We hadn't spotted him until he was about 200 yards away because he was up in the tree line. Oh, gotcha. Um, We'd come around the hill, and so, like, we couldn't, we knew he was on the hill, and we were coming around it, and so we kind of played the wind, but. Yeah, so he was all by himself, which I much appreciated, um, just with not having to sit there and dad, is it the one the fourth from the right or the second from the left? And the bunching wasn't um, an issue that day, which was really, really helpful. Um, So we had sneaked up on him. I got it set up on my shooting sticks. They had broken when I shot the night before. So mom had used some athletic tape to try to salvage the shooting sticks. So we set up my sticks. The athletic tape is great. The brand can use that in their next commercial or whatever that it's used <laughs> for shooting sticks and um and they were like how about you dry fire one he's not moving they hadn't moved the night before um until they had been shot at so he we, we were very um very certain that he was content and wasn't gonna move so I said okay yeah let's dry fire just to make sure I'm steady and um, you know, not have the same thing happen again. So I dry fired and that little guy, or I should say that big guy decided <laughs> to move, um, right as I dry fired and he's thinking, oh, I should have just had her shoot. She just dry fired and now he's walking up over the hill. So he walked up over the hill, um, out of sight and we're going, oh, and I was, uh, a little feisty. Not at you, but just, oh my goodness, I can't believe I made a perfect dry fire at a bison and now it's now walking he's, Now away. he's gone. Now he's walking away. So um, so we go, okay, let's, let's try to go get him. So we round around this hill to try to stop him on the other side of the hill. And um, we spotted him at 75 yards and he was walking up the hill. And so I get um, set up and he looks straight at us and my dad goes, you probably have a three second window to shoot. So try to shoot him now. And <laughs> no he, dry firing. Yeah, no dry <laughs> firing. No. So he turns and he was, um, quartering away and right as he turns to walk away, I took my shot at him. So, so what, so what happened? I mean, you're, we yeah. know you're shooting a 330 at RPM. Yeah. He him. dropped. Just she dropped that bull, bull bison, the thickest hide thing I'd ever seen. She dropped it in one shot, and it died not more than five yards. No kidding. From where she shot it. Uh, now that, it was close, and it was in the tree. So when we walked up. He was looking right at us and giving us that look. And right. literally, as he turned, and his shoulder was between the trees. It was just this like shoot him now, like slow motion. And I'm like, if she'd have taken two more seconds, he was gone. He's probably gone. And, and headed towards National Park. We we're fairly close to the border of where we could shoot. And so it was just a small window. Hmm. We see him just literally just drop. And, that's pretty uh, wild. I mean, yeah. even for, I mean, it's a big, big projectile going really fast at that close, but still to 
to drop that big of an animal mm-hmm. that, I got, that well. I have the bullet in my hand right here. Those watching on YouTube on the videos, a Barnes 225 grain TTSX mushroomed. Absolutely perfect. We found in the back. She shot perfect shot. Perf- yeah. She made a perfect shot. Uh, you know, you kind of, it's a shoulder type of issue. Their vitals are fairly far forward. So it's just an absolute perfect shot. It was on the backside and recovered it in that back hide, just like you'd want it to be. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. But then Dana kept, at that point, Dana kind of went into scared mode, like, oh, there's a hurt well, bison Well, I have read on the news that bison, like, you know, can charge people when they yeah. get rather offended. And <laughs> I think I would be offended if I got shot and I wasn't dead. So if I was a bison, <laughs> an injured bison, I probably would be offended. So um, I'm going, Dad, can I please shoot him again just to be safe? And he's going, no, Dana, you you, you got him. He's, he's, he's dead. Done. He was dead. He He's dead. And I'm going, okay. Okay, well, what if he's pretending to be dead? Or I, <laughs> I was, I was a little spooked. Um, we waited for five minutes, and we had the top half of his body just waiting for something to sure, move. Sure, right? Just nothing. Move. Nope. Well, there. To, yeah. to your point, Dana, there was like a lot of uh, bison incidents in in the parks this I summer. I yeah. didn't want to be in the newspaper that tourist who got <laughs> charged and killed by a bison. I think most of them are trying to take pictures at like he two kept, feet away. She <laughs> kept trying to hand the gun to Adam, and Adam's like, "No, you're the hunter. You're you, doing. You're this. getting up." This <laughs> is so. we were walking up on him. <laughs> so as we were walking up on him, we we saw he was in fact very much dead. So and where he had ended up dying was like three feet from just a huge cliff. So we were really happy he hadn't taken. Oh. More. You cannot move a dead bison Mm-mm. with four people. Yeah. And and this yeah. cliff was maybe four hundred yards down. Yeah, it just kind of went straight down right off the back. So we were really happy he hadn't yeah, rolled. That, right, that'd be that that'd be hard. That'd be bad. In fact, where he was, that's where he was. That's where he day. stayed <laughs> uh, until the quarters were so, off. I so couldn't what, even what, pick up his even head. Even the picture, you can't pick up the head for a picture. Yeah, I'm, I'm it's not, huge. Yeah. So, so, so what what time is it? Like when when you shot? Uh, one thirty. Somewhere in there. One yeah. thirty. Yeah. Yep. So. So it was actually the warmest part of the day. That's nice. Which was nice. He was in the trees, though. Yeah. Shaded. My toes were numb for four hours after that. That's what I was getting at. So how long How long did it take to... Well, you, you obviously hope you took some great pictures. Of and, course. Uh, that, so that's usually an, at least in close to an hour, probably, or about. Yeah. I think we rushed it because we were well, we knowing were, okay. we were going to Let's say 30 cold. minutes. We knew it was going to be a long <laughs> night. We did go quicker than normal. Yes. Yeah. MVP yeah. of the trip was these bright orange insulated latex gloves. They were yeah. absolutely Keep amazing. Keep hand warmers in them, so our hands were really nice warm during the whole process. If not, I don't know how we would have done it. Um, My toes, though, just got numb. As soon as you stop moving, just everything kind of... You cold. can understand how they've lived in the wild for a couple hundred years, though. Their hide is, you can barely even cut through it with, um, like, with a knife. It has that and then fat tissues and all these sort of things before you even get down to the meat. They're, They're very, very, very insulated. Our taxidermist told us that their hide, was it three times as thick or tough, whatever it is, as an elk, if we're used to elk, you know? Sure. And, like, nine times more hair follicles per, like, square area. That, I think that's maybe, I didn't get to see it in the field, but when you guys got back mm-hmm. and you had the had them in the back of the truck, I put my fingers, like, a, between its nose and its eyes. Yeah. And that hair like went past like halfway through my palm from my fingers. Like it, it yeah. was so dense and so thick. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It was very, it probably took us three to four times the time it would normally take us to do an elk. Like Brenda and I, normally yeah. we do an elk about an hour and a half, the two of us. Sure. Do, we do a gutless, um, we quarter it, you know, and get all the meat, <clears throat> back straps included and quarters and all that stuff. And then get it and, you know, the head and the cape. It's usually about an hour and a half for us, just two of us. We you, had and three to four working on it, and oh, yeah. it was three to four hours. When you wow. can kind of do it in a systematic way and feel pretty confident, the whole time we were doing it, like, okay, what do we do now? Like, it was it was challenging just to even know the next step. And, and not being able to move him very well. Yes. Yeah. It made it more difficult. How, oh, it yes. took five of us to flip him over to the other side just to... After we got After two you got half off. of them. Yeah. Correct. Half the quarters. Yeah. How far are you breaking them down? Were you putting them in game bags? 
And we did. did. Have, did you go to Walmart and get the buffalo size game bags? Or uh, we had moose, <laughs> we moose ones. We had moose bags. Yeah. From mm-hmm. our moose hunt, so. Yeah, they, they did fit in that. So we did, yeah, we did put it in uh, in game bags and cut it up. We, but went through a lot of replaceable blades. Uh, Brenda broke her Benchmade knife. Actually, Mac did uh, broke Brenda's knife. But it was it was just man, it was a lot of hacking. I, um, and we decided to do a shoulder mount. And we were cutting it up, and I called my taxidermist. He's mounted maybe more bison than anybody in the country. He's mounted just hundreds. And so I was calling him, going, you know, just kind of asking for some tips. And he's like, hey, here's the deal on bison. They're really hairy. They're really forgiving. Just do the best you can. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I can, I can fix a lot. So yeah, after we, that, I'm just like, hack, hack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we kind of divided and conquered a little bit um, after that. I'm not as experienced in the quartering process, and neither was Toma. So we decided we'd put our young bodies to work. So we started hauling out a sled. Um, and had made kind of an initial sled trail for the next trips as well. How, um, how did that feel going through snow? So you got a front quarter and a back quarter so it was, with the sled. Yeah, back strap. So, so two quarters and a back strap and part of the hide. Yeah, um, you did. And some parts of the snow were like shin deep, others were knee deep, um, hauling probably 300 pounds. Yeah. Two probably with all. Maybe 250 pounds, yeah. maybe. Uh-huh. Um, and it the truck was a half mile away on that. Um, because we'd hiked retrieval in road 2.75 miles, but we were able to get the truck to a half mile. That's yeah. that's um, legally uh, to do that. Consider saving grace of the whole mm-hmm. pack well, out. We'd have still been there. It was <laughs> two hours to hike a half of a mile. Wow, with two college triathletes, these aren't like, yeah, like, you know, yeah. great grandparents here. So, so, um, yeah, it was oof. just so make, we all taking turns like that. one's pulling and one's pushing the so back I of the sled. So I was the designated puller. Toma was the designated pusher. And so we could maybe go 10, 10 yards and like do a burst. It wasn't, it was like a power burst. You uh, weren't even able to like, it's, it's a high intensity day. Yeah. It wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like an endurance type thing where you could, put it and then and then pull it for a while you had to like put all of your might into just getting like, it going like five five to ten seconds of pushing or pulling and then you stopped and there was a wow. lot of laying in the snow um uh, brenda did breaks. mountain tough she's been doing a lot of mountain tough and they have mountain climbers in mm-hmm. that and uh basically on the back of that sled it was it's like a mountain climber workout like when mm-hmm. you're yeah. on the back of the sled for yeah. two hours yeah it was it was miserable but Ended up working out. And then we had gotten to the parking lot um, and saw a big comet, which was super cool. It's like 45 seconds of a comet, and you could see it. Oh, pull. that's awesome. Yes, saw it disappear once it entered the atmosphere. So that was really cool. Super cool. Yeah. So I, I got to ask about Toma a little bit. So, how, what, what was his experience? He's not here, obviously, but what do you think his experience was? Because I think it would be pretty intimidating. Yeah, to, so to come in to go and hunt with you guys as a family, and then like, yeah. and he's not he's not an experienced hunter, correct? He had never been hunting before. This was his first trip. Um, <laughs> well, a, well, trial by fire. There we yeah, go. most of the time, first hunts are here's a deer yeah, blind. Yeah, here's an antelope, or yeah, or here's a doe. Um, so yeah, he definitely got kind of thrown in in the deep end a little bit, but um, he he had a great time, and he's tough and. Had been experienced in lots of hiking and activities, but definitely the whole hunting scene was new to him. So, yeah. Awesome. He did great. Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. awesome. So they went down there, and then uh, uh, Brenda was was bringing the truck around, doing some four-wheel drive action through some snow drifts and stuff to get the truck where we could get it. (laughs) And uh, so Mac and I were finishing up on Mm -hmm. the animal. Meanwhile, I was Captain Paranoid again because we had seen fresh mountain lion tracks, and I'm going... (laughs) Oh. I'm hauling a sled full of meat, and it was dark. It's, like it's a mountain lion buffet. <laughs> right, and then we had seen two animals. They were probably elk, but um, two animal, just two spots that looked like right. animals. So when we were waiting for the truck, I actually put the meat and then sat, sat like 300 yards away from the meat <laughs> just in case the mountain lions had any ideas i was going to sacrifice a quarter and fortunately so. we figured most of the grizzlies by that point were denned up 
I would think so. That that did give us a little bit of comfort, um, you know, being late in the season. Yeah. So, but they left their packs up top because they thought they were going to come up for another run. We were not coming up for another run. Their headlamps and packs and (laughs) everything was up with back and And my rifle. (laughs) So... So we loaded up, we finished, and the goal was that night to get done with all the cutting, even if we didn't get everything out. And so we then did a run down uh, ourselves with the packs and uh, a quarter and uh, some hide and the gun and a bunch of stuff. And so we were able to go on their track that they'd made. Perfect. You groomed the trail. So much Less than a half hour to do what took them two hours. Um, But we still had to do kind of those mountain climber things, about 25 yards, and you stop and then take, like it was like interval training. Right, the Mm -hmm. power training. Yeah, Yeah. yep. Mm -hmm. So we got back to the truck. It was all at night, and we still had the head, which the head weighed, if you're ready for this, the head and just the cape, which was on the shoulder, you know, not the whole cape, just Just the the shoulder. Shoulder mount cape. Shoulder mount cape and the head. It's 220 pounds. Wow. Yeah, 220 pounds weighed when we got back. So that's unbelievable. That up there in the rear quarter and some things. And so uh, uh, you legally have, I think, 48 hours to get it out. And we weren't worried about any meat spoilage. It was plenty cold enough to keep the meat fresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we came home that night. It was just one of those like we didn't know if we'd even be able to do it in a week. Everything had to line up. And it was like one lone bull ended up being um four to six years old somewhere in there have a couple guys here who uh, one guy actually who farms bison he thinks it's about five or six and uh taxidermist thought it was about five or six so we right in there we um we called him sid because we thought he had missed the migration with the rest of his sid the group. Sid the <laughs> he missed the great migration and he was by himself and yeah. so um but <clears throat> we um it was just man driving back that night it was just Oh, it was so exciting. Just a little different than the night before his drive. <sighs> yes. The highs and lows of hunting. Yeah. Right. So we had gotten back. Oh, we cannot wait for the good backstrap that we had mentioned um, to eat. And then I went in to go to the bathroom, came out and locked us all out of the cabin. Six below. Six well, below. Yeah. Like left the key inside. And auto the locking door. door. Yeah. That's, oh. that's not awesome. Oh, here's the crazy part about it. Everybody had um, left our phone inside except for Brenda's. And Naturally. Uh, but the funny I'm thing was, prepared. when we got out of the truck to hike earlier, I mentioned we had to go through a river crossing. Well, Brenda found out halfway, th- not far through that day in that hike on the way to the hunt, that her phone was missing. Mm. And so we knew she dropped her phone. Well, when I was up there cutting up the animal and Brenda went to drive the truck around, I went to call her forgetting that she didn't have her phone and a lady answered that wasn't my wife i thought this is weird <laughs> that's kind of odd and i was calling to see how she was doing Did and you leave it at the gas station at the bottom no i guess it fell into the um the river the river about a foot deep and had been there for five hours before this lady picked it up and so they were and it worked to the same trailhead and it worked so we go by that night into jackson and meet up with them at a barbecue joint and grab the Phone and phone. go That's back. That's crazy. And it started to get some green lines across the screen, yeah. and different things. So, long story short, when we were out of the cabin, we thought we'll call the cabin owner. But Brenda's phone was the only one that worked. It barely made a call. We called so we could get inside, and then it died. About and, twenty seconds after and I said it's goodbye, never come back to life. <laughs> that's wild. It's dead. Man, that's a. It served its purpose. <laughs> that's a big blessing right there. That yeah, I can't. That's this shouldn't have worked at all. That's wild. Crazy. Can't believe it. Yeah. Five really hours crazy. in that freezing water. Yeah. Yeah. Iced up and everything. Plug for Apple. We always yeah. give her a hard time because she never answers her phone anyhow. So Yeah, you're probably probably enjoying life the last few days. Yeah. Well, we've had a terrible storm here and so it all the deliveries have been delayed and Adam's like, I can't believe your replacement hasn't gotten here. I'm like, This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, Adam, you got to do a lot of backcountry hunts or just a lot of hunts in general this year. Where, where'd this one rank? You seem like you've been glowing pretty, pretty big from this, this was, one. This was one of the, the top hunts I've ever been on in my life. I think it's a combination. I think mainly for Dana mm-hmm. um, to have your daughter draw a tag like that and then to go and see her perseverance and hard work and the highs and lows of even that miss, but to get back on top the next day and to hike through the snow and do that and to help cut up the animal and haul it all out, all a DIY bison hunt, like to see 
your daughter do that. It was just, um, it was way better than if Brenda and I would have drawn it. That's a tough girl we raised. Yeah, that's awesome. If you combine that with the the backdrop of of the Grand Tetons, arguably one of the most beautiful mountain ranges in the world, with all the wild animals that live and roam those areas, it was just... It was like Brenda said. It was it was magical. We're in the Christmas season. It's a big word, right? But it yep. was. It was so cool. And <clears throat> the challenge of the snow and the cold weather, um, and all those challenges, and the, the difficulty and access, and all those things, make the reward so much bigger. And sometimes the lower the lows, like when we're freezing, when we've had a miss, then when the success actually comes to the hunt in the end, just wraps up so beautifully. And that's I don't know. That's how I describe it. So, what about you, Dana? Yeah, like you had said, um, I think if we would have walked out on the first day and shot in a bison, shot a bison in a field, you know, three hours later, it wouldn't have been quite as sweet. So. We got a lot of, a lot of meat cutting to do over the Christmas holiday. I think it's still thawing out. I bet it's gonna. Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully, it's like in your living room because if it's not, it's not thawing out. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have it in a walk-in cooler, but I should go unplug the walk-in cooler. Cause it's it just going to hang longer. It was rock hard, and we did a couple rookie mistakes. You have to cut the teeth out and turn them into samples, but we went back the next day, and it's frozen. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, the proof of sex, like everything was just frozen the next day. Yeah. And then when we loaded them in the truck, it was so frozen and hard to load, and that Yeti 210, we, we dropped Dropped it in the back of the truck, and the hoof went through the back window of the uh, of the pickup. <laughs> That's <And> perfect. So <laughs> we had yep. a trash bag and cardboard for a six hour drive, and heater's not working. Below no zero uh, <laughs> windows open. <laughs> <laughs> but all those things make for a great story. Yeah, right? it's yeah. not an adventure till something goes wrong. Exactly. Yeah. I have a picture of Dana <clears throat> reading a book. The last night uh, after the haul out. So the next day, by the way. After we hauled out that night, then the next day we went back on the third day. Went up there. It was great. We got some great just, you know, pictures and stuff of of, uh, of hauling it out and, and different things. And so it was just beautiful and sunny and crisp and cold. And so that night we actually finally got back to the cabin and saw the cabin in the mountains for the first time in the light back where it was in the sunset. And there's this big window, and Dana's just sitting under it, and she's reading a book, and the sun's setting on the Tetons, and she's just relaxing. And it was, it was just a fun last night to kind of share all our memories before we uh, – Played some board day. games. Yeah. yeah. That's it was, fun. It was fun. Not not your family vacation everybody takes, but um, it was a Weatherby family vacation. It was a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, great story. Thanks for sharing it with us. Mm-hmm. You bet. Thanks for, uh, thanks thanks for, for having, having us on, us. Luke. Dana's first podcast ever? It Woo! is. Yeah. Crushed it. What do you think? Let us know in your comments if we should have her back. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs down for yes. Or... Er, yeah, thumbs up for yes, <laughs> thumbs down for no. <laughs> you get the idea.